From WJFF Radio Catskill, this is Close to Home, the podcast that explores the people, issues, and institutions in the Catskill Mountains, the heart of small-town America. I'm your host, Leif Johansson. Hey, thanks for tuning in. One of the first episodes we did on Close to Home was on food insecurity back in February 2021. And while this topic became a larger part of the local and national conversation, especially in rural areas during COVID, this was not a new issue. And it's intertwined with a lack of access to transportation, proper healthcare, and information regarding proper nutrition, in addition to problems like food deserts, where there is just a long way to travel to find fresh, healthy food sometimes. So back in early 2021, and to set the stage here in your mind, President Biden had just taken office a few weeks before this, and people were just starting to get their first COVID vaccines. We spoke with a handful of individuals in our Sullivan County community who were involved in the effort to bridge the divide between the abundance of nutritious food grown right in our area and the folks who needed it. And even though COVID is less of an issue today than it was almost three years ago, food insecurity persists. So the next two episodes of Close to Home are going to be a return to this issue from the perspective of a local nonprofit in this episode, and in the next episode, from the perspective of a public school district food services director. So be sure to check that one out as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But to start us off, today I'm checking back in with someone who is on the front lines of this fight against food insecurity in the Catskills. I'm Audrey Garrow. I am the executive director of the not-for-profit A Single Bite here in Sullivan County. The last time we spoke about two and a half years ago, we were right smack dab in the middle of COVID. A Single Bite was making really big strides. It expanded significantly in the Sullivan County community to offer hundreds of meals every single day. What's been happening at a single bite since then? Is a single bite still delivering meals to those in need in the community? So how has the the landscape for you guys changed? I'm going to say post-COVID in big air quotes because it seems like there's another wave happening now. Yes, that's true. Um, So a single bite continues to feed and educate people in this county with real local food. That's kind of what we started out doing um, in terms of our education program, really focusing on local and encouraging people to think about healthy food choices, specifically middle school students. Um, As you mentioned, during the height of COVID, we were really lucky to be able to partner with local schools and local civic and other volunteer groups to be able to deliver meals to families that were struggling to put food on the table, specifically healthy food on the table. Prior to COVID, food insecurity existed um, in this country, and especially in rural communities like Sullivan County. And so post-COVID, people, many people are back to work. 
uh, children are back in school. Um, more than half the kids in this county are eligible for free breakfast and lunch. Um, and there's a movement to actually include free breakfast and lunch for every school uh, child uh, in the state, actually, now. And that is much needed. Um, the, the, if you think about it, um, how can you learn? How can you play? How can you socialize? How can you have a rich family life if, if you don't have good nutrition? So we continue to focus on that. Our meal program weekly is delivering um, a nutritious scratch-made meal to 150 families in this county, probably most of whom uh, needed food before COVID. Some of them um, have been receiving food all throughout since March 2020 when we started. Uh, to date, um, we've delivered over 140,000 servings of, of food to people in this community. Um, over half of the people we deliver to are children. And so we're just really trying to make sure that the community understands that we're a reliable source of food. We have really strong partners in the community. We continue to deliver food to people with the understanding that food insecurity is a complicated issue. It's not just about families' financial situations. It's It can be about transportation. It can be about facilities. It can be about skill level and, pre and preparing food. So we take all that into account and, and we're really, um, you know, we're really proud to be able to help people to put healthy food on the table um, for their families and continue to deliver as much food uh, as a family needs. So if it's a larger family with teenagers, we send a little bit more protein out there. Um, we recognize that there are grandparents, there are guardians, there are other adults in households who are working two jobs sometimes. So to be able to deliver a meal that you can open and heat up and share, you know, with the people in your life is, is really, it's a very gratifying thing to be able to do for this community. Is a single bites food all being prepped in a single bites Youngsville facility? We continue to cook uh, here in Youngsville. However, we made an exciting announcement uh, a couple months ago. We have recently um, added the Catskills Food Hub to our not-for-profit. Um, actually, uh, taking over operations of an existing not-for-profit that has served the community very well, um, especially during COVID, um, and and that facility. It's a 5,000 square foot um, warehouse with office space in Liberty, New York, which is very, it's really almost the most central um, community to this county, this very large county. Um, so we're really excited to be operating the food hub and to be um, building a kitchen there. So that new project for us um, already, we're helping to distribute um, food to food pantries, to schools. Um, and to get more more healthy food out to 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 people in the community just by operating that beautiful facility. Um, once we build the kitchen, we'll be able to go from about 700 uh, meals prepared here uh, in Youngsville, which is really quite an accomplishment in the kitchen that we're here. It's a beautiful com commercial kitchen, but it's small. 
Um, so we're looking to, with the help of, of some very generous donors and um, some grant funding to be able to build a kitchen that will help us to get to a thousand um, servings of food every week. And, and we have more outreach to do and we're, we're looking forward to being able to offer, um, yeah, healthy food to more people in the community by building that new kitchen at the food hub. So to what extent has the Youngsville facilities kitchen been a, a limiting factor in, in your impact or, or has there been about 150 families worth of demand for food? Is your sense that there's a lot more than that? We know there are more people who need healthy food in this community based on SNAP recipients, people who are, who are getting um, uh, uh, help to get food um, on their families' uh, tables. We know that based on visitation to local food pantries, um, we are part of a, a food security coalition here in Sullivan County that's been operating for a couple of years now. I'm really proud to have helped found that with our partners at Cornell Cooperative and Sullivan 180. And, and we know more about this community, obviously through COVID, but also through talking to people at schools, um, talking to to other organizations um, in the community like, oh, the Federation for the Homeless and ATI. And, and really there are some strong partners in this community that are also focused on making sure that food is available. So we know there's more, there are more families out there. Um, we're, we're feeding families that have children in the household, but there are other agencies um, that are also looking at food insecurity um, with veterans and with people that are um, in transition. So they're, they're maybe they don't have a, a, a place to call home right now. Um, and seniors, obviously, are, are always in need of nutritional support as they get older. Um, so we certainly know that we need to feed at least a thousand people a week. Um, there's more outreach to do, as I said, and, and we're really um, full credit to our chef, Peter, who takes food that is donated, who purchases food on a budget, and who is um, ever creative in making sure that there's um, diverse menus going out to the community. Um, but the kitchen here is, it's, it's just smaller. Um, it was really uh, designed as a, a small restaurant kitchen, and we'll be building a commercial kitchen that will also help us to get food out to school. So we'll be able to take in local products and wash it and chop it and, and um, put it in containers, bags, et cetera, that are appropriate for food service directors and people who work in cafeterias, um, helping them to replace food that has probably traveled quite a ways, maybe grown uh, in different parts of the country or the world uh, with local food. And we know that that provides better nutrition. It provides better flavor. Uh, which is always a challenge with kids getting them to eat their vegetables. If it tastes good and it looks good, uh, smells good when it's being cooked, kids are more likely to eat it. So we're really happy to be involved in in farm to school activities and the Food Hub will help us to be able to do that too. I want to ask you more about the Food Hub because this is a really exciting development for our community and, and for a single bite. But before we get into that, in my conversations with people who are struggling with food insecurity. I think one of the things that comes up over and over again is that it can be really hard to ask for help and it can be embarrassing to ask for help. What is the process for someone 
to do that and to and to say that I could really use meals for my family from a single bite. Well, we like to say if you want to help or you need help, um, people just call us, and that's um, I think a credit to um, the outreach that happens in schools. We do share information with schools, and and families I think feel confident in their their school communities to understand that if someone in a school says these people can help you, that we we're we're, we're reliable, that we respect their privacy. Um, there are also the other agencies that I mentioned that we partner with. Um, we do distribute some materials out to food pantries. We try to be to meet people where they are. Um, we try to to provide information in um, in a very kind of open and and friendly way that just says if you need help, not um, necessarily um, providing very stringent rec- um, requirements for collecting information about people. Um, we really just need to know where they live, how many people live in their household, how many children. Um, we generally ask people what their household income is. It helps us um, to be informed about some of the challenges that people have economically. Um, but because we're not a government agency, we have more flexibility. And I think also our approach can be a little less threatening to people, um, especially people that maybe um, are, are newer um, to a situation where they have to ask for help. And there's also, people can just visit our website and fill out a, a survey. So if they don't want to have that personal interaction, they can just ask for help, um, not anonymously, but um, in the privacy of whatever their situation is. They can go to a library and fill out our form, um, which we're really happy to be able to, in this community, have those kinds of resources available to people that might not have access. topic of the food hub how did that acquisition come about one in five children in this community experiences food insecurity hunger even Um, they're not getting enough to eat and i think that the work that we have done um sent the right message to um and and we were partnering with the the folks that were operating the food hub in in some ways in the months leading up to us uh, being asked to take over operations. I like to think that that really the food hub and our ability to, to walk into that space and learn from everything that's been accomplished there and to be able to talk to prior board members and to engage them as advisors um, provided a transition um, that enabled us to extend our services to the community and to be respectful, as I said, of everything that 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 food hub has 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 provided to the community in terms of helping small businesses um, with food storage and, and to provide a distribution point, um, which we continue to do for local farmers and producers. We also, I said, uh, are providing storage and distribution to food pantries, which is a little bit new for that facility 
And that's really more related to a single bite and, and our desire to, to move good food around the community, um, get it to where it's needed most. And we're, we're also, I think, uniquely positioned to not only move our family meal program there, but also the education that, that really represents the roots of the single bite. Um, we'll be able to bring students in and, and, and show them, I think, a little bit more about how food systems work. We are not providing any retail uh, sales there, um, which is, is probably the one major change uh, for maybe how people remember the food hub. So where are the biggest and, and I should say most used food pantries in the Sullivan County community? And, and were those struggling with keeping a consistent stock of, of fresh food there? up until now and does it feel like the food hub already has has helped to make some changes there under a single bites leadership there's a very strong food network of food banks in in the state and across the country actually what we're able to do is help to get more fresh um, food out to the pantries when the food banks are not delivering because they're on a pretty tight schedule so a food bank can can come to this county and, and deliver produce twice a month where because we're operating the food hub at a single bite, um, we're able to actually let pantries know when there's surplus food. If they can't come get it, we bring it to them because the food pantries are operating um, much more regularly in Liberty and um, certainly in Monticello. Um, there's a very... Um, um, active food pantry serving seniors and veterans over in the town of Tustin. Almost every community is actually taking care of their own, um, many through religious organizations, um, which is kind of traditional, um, where people go um, uh, with, I think, a lot of trust in, in, in their neighbors to get food and other resources that they need. Um, there are probably 30 organizations in this county who are providing food at, at one point or another, whether it's a soup kitchen, whether it's a Federation for the Homeless, which is very regularly putting food out for people to take home, to take with them, but also to come and enjoy a meal in a, in a um, communal environment, which is also very important. In working with your school partners at a single bite, is your sense that school food budgets are a major problem in this? Is there room for either state or federal legislation that would invest more in giving more resources to schools to to get better and more nutritious food for students? I think there's always more room for more resources for schools academically um, in terms of um, of just enabling students to be more active, which is an important part of their health as well. Um, uh, but specifically, um, yes, it can be challenging for a food service director to purchase the kind of food and the volume of food and the variety of food that um, they may want to, or that their students may uh, be more inclined to uh, enjoy or eat with enthusiasm than they would like to. So yes, I mean, we should always lobby for more resources for schools. Um, the same way that that we should look at, at some of the programs that are out there and support schools 
to apply for farm to school grants, to, um, to talk to school boards about supporting improving cafeterias, and to make sure that um, there's enough staff. I'm curious where you stand on the expansion of Dollar Generals in our community, where they are mostly popping up in places where there have not been grocery stores super close by. I'm thinking Jeffersonville's maybe an exception where the Dollar General's really kind of right down the road from Pex. And and actually the Dollar General Livingston Manor as well is also not far from Pex. But a lot of the other Dollar Generals around I'm thinking White Sulphur Springs, for example, have popped up in communities where people really had to drive quite a long way to get to a grocery store to get any kind of food, even frozen vegetables, which Dollar General offers. But at the same time, of course, it's not a local organization. It's not local farmers and whatnot. Do you see Dollar General as a net positive, a net negative, a net neutral for our community? Interesting point. Thank you for bringing it up. People who, especially who are shopping on a budget, it provides another option for them. So I don't think that we can, we can look down on that. Obviously there, these are big corporations. They know where their markets are. Um, I, I can say that the few that I've been in, they are trying to, to have um, fresh produce um, available. Um, as you mentioned, that produce is not likely to be sourced locally. Um, there's a cost factor to that. And there's also just, just distribution, uh, to take into consideration. Um, you see the big trucks go by and, and hopefully there's a little bit of fresh produce on those trucks. Um, so no, we don't, I don't think we as a community should look down on, on the fact that they're trying um, and they're affordable for some people, and the accessibility is is important um, for for everyone um, to be able to to walk into a store and get what they need, whatever it is that they need is is for many people a luxury. So, if a Dollar General provides access to food for someone who can walk there in any weather, then you know I think that that's a that's a plus for that individual. And so if, if one of our neighbors gets some frozen food or gets a head of lettuce or some milk that they wouldn't be able to get, um, then I, I, I think that that's not such a bad thing. I want to ask you also about the Move Sullivan program, uh, the, the public bus program in Sullivan County. I'm, I am not asking if it's if you think it's a net negative or net positive for the community, um, because I imagine by any measure, it's it's probably helping to some extent in our community. Um, but do you feel like it has impacted the landscape for access to nutrition in our community? I really can't say. And and I would if I had um, more information about it. I do appreciate the fact that roots continue to expand, that it's affordable. I believe now um, free for those who need it to be. And I think that those two um, two aspects are, are certainly a plus for this community. Uh, looking at the, the health care aspect of taking care of our, our community, I certainly believe that people are getting or at least have the opportunity to get to health care, which is 
you know, a really important component. Uh, people learn about diet in those healthcare facilities, you know, when they are able to visit um, and get diabetes education, which I know the, the bus service provides, um, those all help people to eat better too, to make better decisions too. But having a resource that we didn't have before is always a good thing. Broadly speaking, do you feel that we are making strides in improving our diets as a community? And if so, what evidence have you seen that you feel points to that? There are still challenges um, because we're up against a very powerful marketing machine uh, that is constantly bombarding, especially young people, um, with messaging about um, food and products that are not good for them, not good for us. There are more options, I think, to take in better food, but as long as um, the major players in terms of food distribution, um, retail and, 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 and those, those large corporations, until they, they really care more about the human than they do about the consumer, it's gonna be a challenge. I do want to say that as a not-for-profit and, and there, there are others in this community worthy of support as well, um, we couldn't operate without the generosity of local businesses and individuals and through um, foundations. And so I just really always want to shout out to not only outlets like yours for giving us a voice, but also the folks that give us the resources to do what we do. So. Um, we're at um, asinglebite.org um, if you're interested in learning more. And if you know someone who needs support, 845-482-1030, um, we're just a phone call away. And um, we really are, are happy to be a partner in providing um, food and education using real local food in Sullivan County. I am so excited to see what a single bite is able to do with the addition of the Catskills Food Hub to their organization, and how many more folks they're going to be able to support with their expanded facilities there. Because when we talk about this issue of food insecurity, it isn't just a matter of getting access to tasty local produce. When we don't give ourselves proper nutrition, where we're eating enough protein, vegetables, fruits, complex carbohydrates like whole grains, there are real consequences for that in our lives, and especially for our kids. There have been peer-reviewed studies that have shown a strong connection between poor childhood nutrition and learning and developmental deficits, weaker immune systems, and behavioral issues. So there really is so much on the line here. And because of these connections between nutrition and things like childhood development, the work that a single bite is doing has a real chance of improving so many aspects of our community in the long run. But that is also where our school food programs come into this conversation as well. And in the next episode of Close to Home, we'll hear from Dara Smith, 
the Food Services Director for the Sullivan West Central School District. You can listen to that and all of our Close to Home episodes at wjffradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to Audrey Garrow for taking the time to chat on today's episode. And as always, thank you for listening. I'm Leif Johansson, and this is Close to Home, a podcast from WJFF Radio Catskill. Have a great week.